I'm your host Chris, and here we'll be delving into the multitude of strange occurrences that happen within Scotland and beyond. You can contact us with your accounts at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Podbean, and you can contact us by either means. Tonight's episode, we're discussing a multitude of different phenomena with a family friend. This ranges from UFO sighting to afterlife discussions, ghosts and also going back to one of my own stories uh, in the house I used to stay in, you know, the, the black mass and also a creature in the corner. So I'd just like to get right into it and I'd like to welcome Jean to the show. Hey well welcome to the Scottish Paranormal Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Chris. Right so if you want to can you either run through chronologically or, or whatever you you think? I mean, so what can you go to tie back into talk to you again? We apart from catching up, which we've just done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, um, it was mainly about after the Andy Swan encounter, and I put the story out there. You got in contact with me yeah. about uh, an encounter you had. You'd seen through your back window. I said, but before that, which I just discussed to you there. Before that, um, I was on another podcast with Timothy Renner and about some of the stuff with the house and he asked me about uh, it'd be good to get a better description of uh, the thing in the house and I forgot you were mum's best pal you know what I mean so that was a good opportunity it was like synchronicity it basically you've given me after that so we'll talk about that story in a wee bit but aye, aye. if you want to talk about um, I don't you want to talk about the light first for example sure aye. sure it was really late one night mm. and it was there was no clouds in the sky. It was quite recently as well, though, wasn't it? It was. It was, was only like maybe about two or three years ago, if Aye. that. Aye. And I was walking up the stairs, and as you know, the, the, the window is right at the top of the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I always look out, because I can always see like the moon or something like that, mm-hmm. or just the stars. But this time I was walking up, there was absolutely nothing. And so I'm standing looking out at the darkness, and there was this one light in the sky... No stars, as I say, because it must have been cloudy, right? And I thought, oh, it must be an aeroplane, because as you know, we're on the flight path for Edinburgh Airport. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't moving. So I kept watching it for some reason. I was drawn to it. What type of colour was it? Pure white. Just pure white. Brilliant white. So unlike the aeroplanes where you'll maybe see an undercarriage, a red light or something like that, Mm. flashing, none of that. And all of a sudden, right, and it was quite phenomenal, the the thing started to move. Now I've no idea how high it was, how far away it was, and it started to move in such a way that it proved to me that it was not an aeroplane. It was a zigzag fashion but it was the 
the pace that it was flying at that caught my attention. And I, I woke up John as well and I said, come and have a look at this. And even he was mesmerised by it. What kind of time you was it? I'd say maybe it was about 12 at night, Aye. 12 midnight, something like that. And um, I, I, I continued to watch it. But it was the, the way it was going like this, zigzag, zigzag. Okay, so, so if you're looking out towards Whitburn, aye, here, so, yep. uh, so above Whitburn, or area, the like Barville area, Whitburn area, yep. and when you're saying it was zigzag and flying like across a kind of zigzag kind of motion, was it flying um, like at quite a large distance, would you say, or was that a short distance in between when it was zigzagging? I'd say, see, depending on how close how far it, was, it right. was, right, I'd say that, but in my vision, it was like maybe about 50 feet, right. and then down 50 feet, up 50 feet, mm -hmm. back down, things like that. Mm -hmm. And didn't last for very long, maybe three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. Still long, huh? And then, phew, out of sight. Mm. Interesting as well, where you've got... Um, that, that bit up there, right, when I was talking to Andrew Swan, and he'd seen a few things up there as well. And unbeknown to you, where he was talking about had the sighting of the Black Triangle thing back in 94, which mm -hmm. is, if you're up that area, it's relatively, it's just about another mile along that road, right? But recently as well, he said he'd seen a few things in that same area, and he was talking about, obviously, he knows what planes look like, they stay in the flight path, I mean, we're no, we're no crazy enough to think it's, a, it's, it's something else when it's, it's a plane because he knows what planes exactly. look like. Exactly. And, and I see a lot of aeroplanes. Aye, that, that he said the same. They said when he'd seen, like a, I'm sure it was like a, a white orb type thing in the sky and it had um, lights going around about it as well. And there's been a few other kind of sightings, but unbeknown to you, that's that same, exact same area. Because mm -hmm. he's up there now as well, so he's, it's like just there, it's the same type of area, but aye, totally interesting all that, you know, It really yeah. blew me to bits. Aye. You know, it was something that I'd, I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. I'd only seen, uh, one time, I'd, I've relayed this in a lot of podcasts before, but I'd only seen one thing before where I was looking at, it seemed like a satellite, and it was coming towards another satellite, and we were fishing at the oil lock, and... I sure it would maybe me to say it or somebody say it, so I wonder what it's got to do when it hits that star, just for a joke. Mm -hmm. And it came to the star and it just had a 90 degree turn. It was really? Aye, totally. Mad. Somebody had mad. said to me just the other day when I was telling this story, and they said, well, could it not have been a, a drone? Hmm. Not that time of night, no. Not that time of night. And the, it was... Something was telling me this was something hmm. unusual. Aye. Oh, that's quite mad. That is. And John came up, he, he got up and see it as well. He did, aye. 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 No, that's mad. No, it is. What about, so, I'll touch on a wee bit about the house, because it's across the road, and then we can touch on some of your own stories and stuff as well. Right. But what can interest me, we we gone back to the story, where, um, and it was always like one of the stories that it, I thought it was a crazy story for the fact I knew my mum and dad, and I knew... They weren't there for like just fabricating stuff or whatever. They were no. quite sensible, right? Aye, absolutely. And uh, my dad was probably a bit of a sceptic. Aye, very much so. And 
so it, the story intrigued me that much as well because the fact that it's I knew it happened. Although I didn't see the thing, I knew it happened. And I knew staying in the house that like, well, like, kind of other stuff happened in the house. And that's what made it, I think, more yeah, a crazy story and, a, and more kind of, for me, um, plausible the fact that his mum and dad. But the other stuff that happened, and apart from that, we'll get to the bit about, obviously, you knew about the story of my mum had related and stuff and thing with the, the psychic and that, but going back to um, years ago, stuff that happened in the house as well, Things where we thought we had a prowler. You know, can you remember my mum telling you stuff like I that? I do, I do. Aye. The door handle. The door handle used to go all the time and, and things like that. And we had, to the point, I couldn't mind even opening the door when I was younger, quite quick. Because you kind of built up enough courage, because it had been happening that long. It Aye. happened quite a lot. My mum phoned the police a few times. Yeah. But out of our back garden, you had like a big high hedge on one side. Mm-hmm. It was gated. And on the other side, you had maybe like a four or five foot fence around. And mm-hmm. you couldn't get away that quick. Yeah, that's there. right. You couldn't get away that quick. So that was happening. That would happen. That definitely, I can remember that kind of going on. I can mind the handle on it. I can mind even the noise of the handle. Because it was like one of the right heavy spring-loaded ones. Mm-hmm. Where you can actually, if you turn that, you can hear the spring going in it. And uh, it wasn't like a, kind of a knob one. It was like a knob kind of handle. But it was like quite a new one in the door. So I knew all that was kind of going on, and when I was starting to kind of tie back in, we like saw her and talk about some stuff, and she said she was younger, she'd been, when she was 15, she would grab from behind, something grabbed her in the house as well. Yeah, yeah. And she sat outside on the doorstep, like basically, until my mum came home. And my mum relayed to her that it didn't happen to her a few times as well, and, and stuff. So all that kind of stuff going on, apart from getting to the, the, the black thing, um, did my mum ever relay any of those kind of stories to you about the house before that, apart from like the prowler the and all that kind of stuff? Mm, no, that I can remember, mm. but m- my memory is no, nowhere near as good as what it used to be. Mm. Um, I, I've got ME, mm. and it does affect your memory. Mm. Like, um, But I remember your mum was always aware of uh, something going on mm. that wasn't right. Right. It was, I mean, it was a, a kind of weird feeling in the house. And um, the funny thing after it, where I contacted my neighbour who stayed next door and I'd said to him, I said, Did you, um, did they never happen to you in your house? Because my mum had seen, know the time when my dad had the black thing, it seemed like a black shape type thing, and it either, it either kind of appeared in front there or came out the floor and then disappeared into the adjacent wall, right? Right. And so that happened. And one of my mates had contacted me after the podcast said, there was one night you were in the living room and it happened to us. There was like the, a door opened at the, one of the cabinets and this black thing went and moved away to the side. I couldn't remember that, but he said, no, that definitely happened. He was like, I mind it. He, he contacted me after the story and, and talked about it. And I asked my mate next door, who used to stay next door, and I said to him, he, said, and he asked his sisters, and he said, no, nothing, nothing that we know happened in our house, because it was a semi-detached house. He said, nothing happened where we stayed. He said, but there was a thing going back when and one of the other properties we stayed in, there was like um, some black thing standing at the bottom of the bed one night, or some other sister could, could remember the lane, so it's just mad. I mean, they, that's what I'm saying in, in one of the last ones as well, where the, the people see these things quite a lot and then just then keep it to themselves and all that kind of stuff. And, and all that. Well, it's, it's, it sounds far fetched, doesn't it? Oh, totally it, not, you not. don't want people to think you're crazy or you're making it up. Hmm. But these things do happen. 
mm-hmm. a lot. Totally. Right. What I can remember most about the, the story, right? The, for me, remembering a bit of the story, for what I can remember my mum, my sisters, was the the basic coming in and oh my dad looking for something and they were looking for something in the living. And what, what had transpired was basically they were having a bit of an argument and this black thing came in, ruined my dad's legs and disappeared behind the couch. But you knew a wee bit of me about it. And if you want to kind of relay a bit of the story. Well, that's it. Um, it goes back a long time and your mum and I and another two years went to a psychic fair mm-hmm. in Paisley. Mm-hmm. And my, my friend Martha and I both got a reading done, your mum didn't. But she had organised with, with the, the medium to come to the house. Mm-hmm. And you know how you, you still have them, like house parties where ah, you yeah. just, everybody comes along and gets a reading, right? So the day came for that. Now I already had a reading, so I didn't go across. And to be quite honest, um, I never ever felt comfortable in your house. I don't know why why that was, but then I realised after this thing happened that that's, that was the Aye. cause for it. Your mum used to always come out here for a cup of tea and a blether. Mm. You know, didn't you always work the other way around? And I was mm. quite happy about that. Mm. So, your mum told me that she was standing at the gate looking for the medium come coming. Mm. And there was a when the medium arrived at the gate, she went, oh dear, oh dear, I don't <laughs> like this. And she pointed to that, you know, there was a round tree at one Two round trees at the front. At yeah. the front, eh? And two massive, big round trees. They were, they were, they were huge. But they were subsequently cut down eventually, oh. right? And at the moment, you can see the telltale signs that there was something there, oh. right? And the medium did not like this one bit. So in they went, a lot of people got readings done and then your mum, your mum's turn came, right? And she said that there was a, something dark going on in this house. She said, and she gave your mum messages, right? Um, which I don't really want to disclose, mm-hmm. um, although you can cut it out if you didn't want it to be aye, aye. broadcasted, right? She told your mum that um, your dad was a long-distance lorry driver, mm-hmm. right? He would leave here on a Monday and come back on a Friday, which was true. And she said, but what you don't know is, she said, um, your husband's been having an affair, a long-term affair with a woman in England somewhere, right? So your mum was waiting on your dad coming back, obviously. So when, when do you reckon this was? Was it So was it, if he was away, he'd probably away at this point, was it like midweek or something? Aye, it oh. was, it was. And... Uh, when he came in and that, he had his dinner and one thing and another, and then they were sitting on the couch, and Brandy and Simon, the two cats, they were out, they were sitting on the windowsill, mm-hmm. right? And 
all of a sudden, when your mummy started talking and explaining what the medium had said, um, your dad was in defence, mm. and all of a sudden this black thing appeared. And she said it, it was like an animal, right? And she said it just flew absolutely a phenomenal pace, went right round the couch, right in front of them, right in front, back round the couch, and then just vanished. Now, your dad, being a total sceptic, he got taken aback by this, right? For some reason, they moved into the dining room, and standing in the corner, your dad saw this as well, there was like a, a, a wee man, maybe about two and a half foot tall, um, human-ish, <laughs> grotesque, giving off this absolutely s smell, a stench, <laughs> and it was evil. And the look on this wee thing's face was, was evil. So much so, that your dad confessed to everything that what had happened. Mm. Um, the medium didn't know anything about this because she was long gone. Aye. You know, that kind of thing. That was midweek then, it probably would have been like the Friday night. It was the, it was the Friday night, mm -hmm. in fact, aye. So, um, your mum, she was taken aback, but it was a, a case of... Um, well, where did we go for here? But uh, they couldn't get out of the things that had happened. Right. And this wee man, and I can remember talking to somebody. So did they say this thing disappeared or what? It did disappear, right? And I can remember talking to somebody who done tarot cards and things like that, and I was telling her this story, hmm. right? And she was quite knowledgeable on these kind of things. Yeah. And she said that she said, that sounds like wrath. And wrath is like connected to the devil. And he was there for no good. The medium had said, though, that there was a terrible dark atmosphere while she was in the house. But she couldn't put her finger on exactly what it was. And she would have no idea what was going to manifest always had a it always had a kind of atmosphere to it. And I could mind the you'd always get the cats and the dog in the house would see stuff. They would be they would see stuff in the living room that you couldn't see. Animals are definitely more spiritually aware than what we are. Totally. You didn't have any barriers, you know, that where it stops us from seeing uh, certain things. So I that would not surprise me. One I always bit. I always found it hard to sleep at night as well. I used to I I, never, I couldn't sleep with the light off and that. And then it wrong the light would turned off and again or whatever. But I was quite quite old and thought I slept with the light off. No, I can't sleep with the light on. But I mean, it, at the time, mm -hmm. it was uh, I don't know what it was. It's no as in never happened in that house that I mean in my room or anything like that. But I just had this kind of feel of the dark in it. That's understandable. Which is, I mean, but the whole thing with that and seeing that thing, I mean, it's, I can mind you the story and I can mind that the bit my mum told me about the story as well was mainly about the thing in the living room and saying that it, um, 
but my dad just kept saying it didn't have a head. It didn't have a head. And thinking it was like something, but the dog was in the kitchen, the cats were outside, this thing was near it. It wasn't a it wasn't like a dog or a cat or nothing like that. But absolutely, it's like it's, it's quite a mad story, and it's like even if you've seen that, how could you possibly tell somebody that? Exactly. You couldn't. You you could only tell that to somebody who was like minded, mm. who was into that kind of thing. I wonder what my dad would have thought of it because of him being a pretty much a skeptic, being in the army and all that kind of stuff and, and whatever. And <laughs> I can imagine he would have never told another soul about that. No, I doubt very much if he did. Aye. But I so. Uh, Totally interesting, and I mean, I can remember we were we didn't stay in that house much long after that. The split up, pretty that's quick. Right, we moved. That's right. My mum never took in, never took the house, never took in, and we moved away from that. But that's right. we, with that as well, we're looking into the whole stuff where the the rowing trees. So you had two, two, two quite big rowing trees mm. in the front, right? And with another like big rowing tree right at the back in a triangle. So you had two at the front, and then one in the back was ran right through that room. And one of the things I was looking into in, in like Celtic mythology and stuff was like the rubbing trees were there to protect against evil. Mm-hmm. That's right. what they're put in, right. right? Or one of the other kind of key things they say is protect against um, evil. Or There's different interpretations here. But one of the ones were um, protect against evil and changelings. That was another thing, right, for some right. reason. And um, But this, these two trees at the front and then the one at the back that's kind of ran through where the dining room was and uh, I don't know what they were, if they were putting there for protection or no. Most people put them up in the past because it was like protecting your house. You go looking, some people done holly, put holly at the front mm-hmm. gates of the house for protection. Mm-hmm. And the the ribbon was another one as well. But the the size of the trees, I was talking to one of my mates who's, who's got a garden centre, and he was saying for the size of these trees, they must have been there a long, long time. For the point where, like, when the house is maybe built or whatever, because like, if you look at a, a 25 year old rowing tree, it's still got like the diameter is maybe it's it's not that big. I mean, they take ages to grow. Mm-hmm. So I could mind the, like climbing in the trees quite high up when yeah. I was younger. Which yeah. you look at most rowing trees when you see them, they're not that. They're, they're, you don't hardly ever see a big rowing tree. That's they right. were massive, they were yeah. massive trees. And then um, they're probably a lot bigger, I mean, to me then, but they weren't big for even like uh, for my age. I could mind being like 10 year old and like, climbing up at and stuff like that. And, but now they're done. Um, if I mind rightly, it was the medium that suggested that they got cut. Was it? I wonder why that was. But she didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're talking See, there's about. There's different interpretations here as there, well. There is. Uh, but you were talking about a triangle. Aye. Either. So it could some, could maybe have been something to do with a triangle. Maybe. Whatever yeah. that means. And it does mean something, but Aye. I don't know what it does mean. Mm. But I was trying to look in history to find out what was here before as well. If there was any, because this is like quite a high prominent, although you can't see because of the rest of the houses, this is quite a high point here. It is. So you're looking out. If you, I think it's one of the highest points in Armadale. Aye, so if you look at, if you had any houses there, you'd be able to kind of look right, kind of right out as far as I could see. Mm-hmm. But you've got all the kind of streets and houses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Barbell's probably slightly a wee bit more elevated if not in the same kind of deal um, but aye it was interesting to see kind of what was here but total I mean it's one of the crazy stories I, I've heard well I couldn't go back <clears throat> um, after that incident had happened hmm. no wonder it, mm-hmm. it scared the life out of me 
and I'm not easily scared, and I'm a very spiritual person. Hmm. But that must have happened about. That, that would have been. I reckon it was probably like ninety-two or something. If I'm. Ah, uh, like I'm, twenty-five years ago, or something like that. Roughly been ninety. No, what age was that? I would have been about twelve. Something like that. So it'd have been. Aye, it'd have been. Probably thirty a year ago. Aye, aye. Aye. So it was. I'm sure it would have been about that. Um, it would have been about. I'm, I'm sure in my head I, I worked out to be ninety two, roughly. Mhm. Aye, you could be right. Ninety one, ninety two. But aye, I mean, it's. I just kind of wondered because if anybody, it's like things like that. Though it's like, was that there? Did we take that with us for somebody else, or was something? It's just I don't know. I mean, I, I think back to when I was younger. My mum and that used to say that I used to see somebody when I was younger, when I was like below the age of like four or five or something, used to see somebody in the room. And um, that used to totally freak her out. And I used to describe the same person. It was like a, like that a, doesn't surprise me, because children are mere... Um, deceptible, they, it seems. They are. They don't have any blockages. Hmm. And they don't carry the same baggage that adults hmm. do. So children can see things that we can't see. Nah, totally mad story though. But if you've, um, so on for that, have you, is there anything else when about here or that that you've um, encountered or seen? Uh, only we things that have happened in here, mm-hmm. but they've been spiritual Aye. type things and certainly nothing to do with evil, mm-hmm. but that was evil, mm-hmm. what happened earlier that day. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was how much an impression that it made on me. Same with me. I mean, just the story, that's why I, I started this. Because of that story. But it was like, it was funny as well, because if you think like with that, that medium, and all that, that kind of stuff, and what came out that day, with the, what the medium seen and everything, and my dad and everything, that was a defining moment in my life. That changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. The whole thing changed my life. I mean, I was out of there, moved. Changed the whole place, family's changed my, life. Changed the family's life totally just with that one. That's right. But that that was doing my dad's fault. I mean, for being a, a total philanderer. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, when they say, but the whole kind of thing in the aspect of what the medium seen that day, or the vibe she, she got was in first class. Aye, aye. Um, it'd be interesting to hear for her again what her take on it was. I think yeah. she. She might still be alive, mm. in fact. But but then she wouldn't know. No, she didn't know the story afterwards. No, she didn't. She didn't know the the full event. Mm-hmm. And how to contact her, I would have no idea how to to go about that. I mean, as I say, it must be about what, thirty years, something like that. It's, it's amazing though. Apart from that, I mean, that's people have these like these encounters in their houses with things like this. But that was a strange thing. There, it was like. It started off where you had things where the, the whole thing it was a prowler. And then other stuff in the house happening and like getting grabbed or pinched and, and things like that. Yeah. It happened to mum a few times and my sisters and whatever. But all that going on, it's, it's like multi kind of different things happening. And you find that in quite a lot of cases. You even find it in like kind of the day UFO cases and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like multi kind of phenomena going on. It's all linked. Yeah. I think, though, uh, 
what happened was it was twofold because there was that dramatic event, traumatic event really, that was definitely spiritual, right? But it owned, but it was negative, evil. A negative Definitely negative, oh. right? But there was other things that went on as well that were good spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Like, and you seeing things when you were just a, a, a young lad, mm-hmm. that would, would not necessarily have been evil. No. So there was like, I can see it like in two halves, mm-hmm. but it was almost like it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like your mum had to find this out. But my God, could you know made it a lot easier on her? <laughs> God, I know. Uh, absolutely mad. That is one of the kind of mad stories I've heard. I mean, it really, really is. Oh, for sure. I can remember. Um, uh, let me see, Karen, my daughter. She's on. She is forty-five, mm. but she was only three, I think. And we were we went on holiday to Scarborough. And we were living in this wee hotel thing, and pretty much up in the attic, that's where we were. Mm-hmm. And one night, I woke, and I had the obvious feeling, and I wasn't as spiritual aware as what I am now, mm-hmm. right? Being 67, and I think it was only like 25 then, something like that. and aware that somebody was staring at me. So I kind of didn't open my eyes fast. It was a strange thing. It was slowly opened them. And there was this man standing, a solid looking person, mm-hmm. right? Leaning out of the bed, looking at my face. Mm-hmm. Now, the only way I can describe this person was... Um, do you know Fagin at the musical Oliver? Aye. Oliver Twist. He had long greasy hair. Mm-hmm. His face was covered in wrinkles and covered in grime. Big nose, right? And what he was wearing seemed to be something like the or Oliver Twisties. So we're talking like 1820 mm-hmm. type thing. Well, I screamed, obviously, right? And the strange thing was, I think I gave him a fright Mm -hmm. because I could see this look of concern on his face and he drew back and disappeared. So the next day at breakfast, um, I was telling this young couple who were at the next breakfast table and they said, oh, we were nearly coming up to your room um, when they were coming in late. Because your light was still on. I went, oh, I'd be well sleeping. I said, but the reason I had the light on was, and then I was telling her yeah. the story. So the lady who owned the hotel, she must have overheard, and she asked me to come and talk to her. And she was not one bit surprised. And then... She went um, on to tell me that there'd also been sightings of like headless horsemen outside, of course, but in their area. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the hi- the history of Scarborough, 
but obviously the headless horseman was before it was the, they were built into hotels and things oh, like that yeah. yeah but that again had a big effect on me hmm. um, by, so they're standing over here tie, <laughs> really tie. but it was quite remarkable though that he got a fright mm-hmm. off of me it was weird that's no, mad that's mad it's mad than you can think of that as like like the fear aspect for whatever it was as well I had to end up um, going to see the doctor about it mm-hmm. and she was very good she didn't laugh at me because a lot of people would mm-hmm. right um, and and she says well don't worry she says because you'll know I've jumped into the back of the car and came back to Scotland by it because I was scared mm-hmm. even in my own place and I was I'd be out in the street and passing people and I, I was looking at their faces and I thought I'm going to see this man again I never ever did so that part was probably just my imagination being overactive so what did the the woman in the hotel say that she'd seen it before like personally somebody else had the same the same the same thing same person the same kind of thing aye Aye, absolutely the same kind of description was given it's mad that I mean you try to think about the the workings behind that is what it is. I mean, if you think people have got like souls and if they they reincarnate and stuff like that, then you wonder about getting what the ghost is. Is it something trapped or, or whatever else, or well, is it energy? It or can be trapped, mm-hmm. and sometimes they need help to go towards the light, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But because it, it's um, it's. On my journey throughout this life, I've, I've heard so many stories mm. about things like that. One in particular that I was kind of involved in uh, a few years ago, but and I'll probably um, probably I'll, I'll get lost in translation because of my, my poor memory, right? But a good friend of mine who's really spiritual, he um, he had a spirit come and visit him one night and sat in the bottom of the bed and said, oh, you've got a job to do. There are souls who haven't crossed and um, they, they, need, they need energy hmm. to do so, right? So there was, there was three of us. There was Billy, my pal, Gordon and I, we kind of worked together, hmm. right? And it needed <coughs> the three of us. And the spirit that came and told him says, we need the three of you to do it. One or two is not enough. It needs to be three. So he had to make up this thing. It was like a little um, wand kind of thing. And, and he had to encrust it with um, stones, um, semi-precious stones, amethyst, garnets in particular because they are really powerful mm. and if you know a lot about <coughs> crystals it was all crystals yeah. right so we didn't know where we were going we didn't know what we had to do so we set off driving one day and we were kind of get led a wee bit by spirit and we ended up in Kirkliston mm. now there was a a castle there 
and for the life of me I can't remember the name of the castle but it had been destroyed but, but a tiny wee bit of this castle was still there so but we couldn't find it so we're driving on this kind of main drag and we decided to, to turn up and it was like fields on either side and we're going up like no can't be it can't be it so we went up had a bit of a look around nothing hit us so we're driving back doing oh yes dad and I took a sore head unbelievably sore Billy felt sick and Gordon in the back he started rambling and it was like a, a, a poem and it was something I'm sure I've got it written down someplace um, it's something about in the ground there you will find my bones and a wee chip came up off the road and smacked into the windy and didn't crack it but you know you get that mm. wreath and we realised we need to go back so as soon as we started going back up that track road we all felt better mm. and we got there and a lot of houses have been built private private houses like and we had a feeling we had to go in this direction so I had to knock on this lady's door and say what what I hope you don't mind, but is it okay if we kind of wander about? <laughs> now, how can you explain? Explain that to somebody. <laughs> you just can't. Wander about a garden, what for? Well, <laughs> he says, Wander some bones. <laughs> it's a kind of historical thing we're doing. Right, so she's, of course, when you go, and she, she told us about the castle. Right. Right, so we get there. Now, it's hard to visualise this, and I'm not very good at explaining it. But you had to go up this wee incline, grassy incline, right? So Billy gets up and Gordon gets up and I'm trying to get up and it wasn't that steep, right? And all of a sudden, poof, I fell. Hmm. Or was she pushed? <laughs> but I didn't think anything of it at the time. And mind me to come back to that point in hmm. case I forget because it's quite important. So we're in and we, we get this, the, the old brickwork of the, the castle and things mm -hmm. like that. And there was this tiny wee arch like it had been a fireplace at some point, right? And Bill was totally in charge of this. He was the one that was getting on it. He was like a, a, a beacon. Mm -hmm. You know, they were, they were channeling through him. Mm -hmm. Right, we were just there to power him up with the energy that we could supply, mm -hmm. and he, he buried this one thing, wrapped it in a cloth, and we buried it under in, in the soil. Mm -hmm. Right? Ah. <coughs> why? None of us knew why. The next day. Bill's on the phone to me, he says, you're never going to believe, never going to believe his hand. Spirit came back and it was a covenanter. Now, I don't know an awful lot about the history of the covenanters, mm. but they played quite a big part back in the day. Mm. Um, and 
they were they were they were quite bad in lots of ways, right? And a lot of these Bill had been told initially that there was three souls that needed to cross over, mm-hmm. right? Overnight there was over two hundred souls had crossed over. Powered up by this one thing, I know it sounds totally ridiculous, were my grandchildren's life. Mm-hmm. I'm telling the truth. And so that, that these people had crossed, and, and th- this was the aim to get these people to cross. No three, 200 nodes, kind of thing, right? And then the next night, Bill got a visitation for via another spirit and it was the spirit of our young lassie and she was one of the ones who crossed over and she said give this to the lady and it turned out to be a a piece of black obsidian I think was the name of the crystal Mm. but it was carved, it was shaped right now, she didn't bring this to the other side, but she's picked that up mm. on the earth plane, right? She says, give it as a protection. She says, because she did not fall, she was pushed. Right. Mm. They were trying to get rid of us. It didn't work. And we were strong enough at this point, spiritually. So, so what do you reckon was trying to stop these for dinner? The evil side, the bad side... Because if you believe in good, mm. there's always the, the, the yin and the yang. And there was, the badness was there, just trying to stop this from happening. Mm. And he got lots of messages um, since then. And we got a feeling of closure. We didn't know what we were going to have today. Mm. We were in the dark. But then I said, no, no, we were in the light. Hmm. Right? And it, it was meant to be. It was one of these things that was meant to be. It's mad. I mean, it is like you see. But um, it's mad to think that, okay, why were these things trapped in the first place? And, you know, that, so. Well, no, everybody. <coughs> I mean, a lot of them were children. Right. Right. Um, you can get the chance to cross over or you don't. Mm. It's up to yourself. There are a lot of ghosts that are trapped earthbound, right? Because they were given the chance to cross over mm. and choose not to because they were so attached to the earthly plane. Okay. Right? And so that's the only explanation that I can give. Mm. For that, but because they had, they were shown the light and the energy of the crystals, mm-hmm. and a million other things that we are not aware of. Oh, totally. Yeah. They managed to. It's, it's interesting, really, like the, the whole. Anywhere you figure, quite a lot of places where you've got um, phenomena going on. Quite a lot of times, you get, like, for example, there's. A high crystalline in, in the earth and all that, so you maybe get like stuff like there's like a heavy um, quartz area, I mean, which is mm-hmm. like a high concentration of quartz or granite, 
and there's always kind of like strange things happening when it was the type of areas. There's always been through history, and you and you get people trying to like say it's like the piezoelectric effect, right? Because you've got like things where the pressure systems and whatever else they can create, like light and all that kind of stuff. But the other kind of places where you, you tend to find things like where people see like orbs and they see like light phenomena and all that kind of stuff running about these areas. And there's you a always, lot of power in crystals. And you get a lot of it as well where there's places where you'll find, let's say for example, you, a prime example, you've got like Ben McDowell or Cairngorms and stuff, you've got high quartz and crystal area. Mm-hmm. But strange stuff happened up there for years mm-hmm. with different things. There's been things where you'll get like the whole the big grey man thing, right? You'll have apparitions and all that in that area. There's also things where you have there was, there was a, a UFO cult at one point. If they're still probably doing stuff at one of the the mountains next to Ben McDo okay. up there as well. And then there's another thing over for Ben McDo as well. There's like another um, mountain called the Devil's Point, and it used to be called the Devil's Penis. Like they, they changed the name here. Right. So like that was called something for a reason but all the names when you had things they're called the devil something it was always for something it was always some kind of negative connotation towards it um, but I don't know it was like you just always find that there's always kind of there is always phenomena wouldn't be the crystals so it's no um, crystals can be used a lot in healing as well mm-hmm. the, the goodness that's in crystals and people a lot of people don't realise mm. They're not just a thing of beauty. No, that's it. Like, like you could you used to store information and all that kind of stuff. That's right. Like quartz crystalline. I mean, aye. But aye, interesting. I mean, so have you anything else? I mean, in terms of funny me things happen. Um, like if I'm feeling low mm. or troubled, right? It's <coughs> 99% certain that I will walk through this place and I'll find a five pence piece line someplace. Mm-hmm. I've found them in any area, but the, 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 the one that surprised me the, the most was in the oven. Now, how would a five pence piece mm-hmm. get in the oven? One in the microwave. Mm-hmm. You'll think this. And this is Spirit's way of telling us, look. You may be having a hard time, but we're still here. We've had a few instances with that where, um, and then there was a guy I'd met who had a lot of different um, UFO experiences through right through from childhood right up, and and it's funny because they said like I didn't really believe in ghosts or poltergeists or nothing like that because it's it's funny to think that when I believe in like UFOs and aliens and all that kind of stuff for all the experience I've had in my lifetime he says but I never really believed in ghosts or any of that kind of stuff until I met my, my, my wife or my missus or whatever and he says one of the strange things that happened this was actually just quite recently I was talking to him it was one of the strange things that happened was that um, we heard like a, a slap and it was like a, a kind of slap on the, the linoleum in the floor in the kitchen or something like that. I think that's what he said at the time and, uh, and it was like a a coin, I don't know what type what coin it was, but it was like a coin. And he said it never fell and rolled or anything like that off it. it was like it just kinda of slapped in and it was lying there. And it's and he said it happened a few times. There was a few different times where it's like they actually kinda of seen this thing dropping. Yeah. Out in area. Yeah. 
and uh, and he said it's he goes it's totally mad to think that I mean that it's like it happens he goes this is he goes, I, he goes, I would never ever believe in anything like that and stuff but we've seen this happen and uh, and that's what he's, he's, he was mad to think that I, I believe in all that but did he believe in this mm-hmm. can he say that mm-hmm. but, um, but aye, there's, so. there was one other really interesting story that affects that to do with your family yet mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. Um, and it was after your mum had left mm-hmm. Armadale she moved into Penzance Silly Isles and sadly um, she died in there oh. right and we were we went to the funeral which was he- held in there mm. so because it was a long journey it, and we had decided to drive we thought we'd um, stop halfway so I can't remember the place that we actually stopped it right enough it was more than halfway we were a good bit done like and as I'd said earlier, I've got ME, things mm. like that, and even when I'd just sat in that car all that time and done nothing, I was absolutely exhausted. Oh, I was tired and just travelled. <laughs> you know? And that's one of the, the side effects of ME. So we get sent to the wee hotel room and uh, <sighs> a big sigh, and Johnny came out of me and he for some strange reason, because he wasn't normally that type of man, gave me a really big hug. So as we're standing there, hugging, and it only lasted a few minutes, right? If that, right? My dad, who had crossed over um, under a year previous to that, um, he, he had constantly been, been on my mind, right? Now, this is going to be very hard to believe, and you might find it far-fetched, but again, my grandchildren's lives, mm-hmm. right? So we're cuddling. Now, John was taller than my dad and heavier than my dad, and towards the end of his life, my dad had lost a lot of weight, and he was a ruckly bones, mm-hmm. Right? All of a sudden, John's body turned into my dad's body. I could feel, and then I, I was scared, but I turned round to look. And as I say, John was taller, my daddy was about the same height as me, mm-hmm. and there I could see my daddy's, the back in my daddy's head. Mm-hmm. His grey hair, I used to cut his hair, you know, things like that. And and he had his a suit jacket on and I could smell the brill cream that my daddy used to wear back in the day, right? It was my dad, what? 100%, right? And I clung on and I clung on because I didn't want to, to lose that moment. And, but John, pulled away suddenly and said, what the hell was that? I said, what do you mean? He says, 
I can't explain to you. I can't express how that felt. He says, but I felt so different. And I told him the story of what had happened like. And he was um, he was a non-believer as well. Mm. Up until I started to have an influence on him. And then he had seen things for himself that had happened and things like that. And he knew mm. that something special had happened. And I felt so happy. The joy that I felt inside was just was like a wave coming over me. And although I still thought about my dad after that, <clears> I didn't think about it with the same level of sadness. <clears throat> so I got this visitation for him that I was that I was needing. That's it's, it's, it's good when you I mean it's like a kind of clarification of the other side or whatever. I mean it is. So was that about a year after? Uh, my dad had passed about um, nine months before your mum had passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, your mum your mum was sadly only fifty five when she had passed. Mm-hmm. So it, it must have been I reckon it was probably about a year after, roughly about a year after. And I was like I was I was going to bed one night. And I had to tell I don't think I've told a lot of people this. I was going to bed one night and uh, it's just been on the side of one of my mates' houses. And before I went to sleep, um, I can't remember the light, I probably did turn the light off, but I was, I was going to sleep. And before I went to sleep, I heard my mum going, Christopher. Like that. Loud, out loud. And I jumped up, and I mean, it was, I wasn't even dreaming it, I wasn't that I could hear. I could hear, that was the last I heard. I mean, that's all I heard. But it was her voice, it was her voice, and um, it was like it, the, the the actual noise came from the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like in my head or next to my ear. It was like if you hear the wall away from maybe like about three meters away or whatever. It was like there, and I jumped up and looked. You know what I mean? And that's that's. Um, I don't think I told a lot of people that. That can happen at any point. Mm. Of visitations like that because. Once you you die, um, it's your body dies, but your spirit doesn't die, mm. and it's so easy for that spirit to come and visit us. Mm. It's not as if like time just. No, and 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 on the other side, of course, time doesn't exist. <coughs> totally interesting, though. I mean, in that one, as I'm saying, that one, my mom, going back years ago when I was, I must have only been about twenty-two or something. But that's, it was a year, it was run about a year after anyway, and I could find it. It was like, it was her saying that. It was kind of like, it was a, it wasn't a whisper, but it was like a quiet and kind of voice, but like urgent to. That's lovely, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got that. But, um, aye. I remember another story as well. Um, After my mum had passed, um, we were getting organised for the funeral. Yeah. And I got my dad's suit dry cleaned, and instead of just hanging the, the trousers on the metal wire that you get, I hung it out of the that a really comfy armchair in the bedroom, and so I placed the trousers out of the bedroom. Now, my daddy, uh, he had in the spare room. That's where he kept all his clothes 
my mum had such a lot of, lot of rubbish right enough at times in the main bedroom they slept in right now the jacket I had put her in the bedroom that they slept in in this faraway part of the wardrobe where my mum had maybe two or three big heavy jackets and things like that so I put it in there so it wouldn't get because her side everything was all jam packed tight so the morning of the funeral um, Karen my daughter um, she went to get the jacket and this jacket was just nowhere to be found and we hunted everywhere um, what are we going to do? Right. So methodically I went through all my daddy's wardrobes. No, not there. My mum's, no, not there. I was sitting on the bed and I was thinking something came to me to look closer. So I went through my mum's stuff one by one. Still wasn't there. But something was telling me, look closer. And there, under my mum's big white mohair fluffy mm -hmm. cardigan, was my dad's suit jacket. Now, nobody in their right mind would put a white fluffy cardigan or anything, because mm -hmm. it's going to get covered in oh, right? <laughs> but there it was. And it was a sign. And to me, it was telling me that that was my mum's way of saying, I'm still here for you, Jimmy. Mm. Like getting a cuddle for the other side. Mm. You know, it was, it was just, it was a beautiful thing to have happened. Well, at least we can, well, we're starting on the, maybe the negative point here and then with the, the, the kind of the evil bit and then ending in, the good side. The good side. Right. It wasn't. I, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to recount the stories and. It's been my pleasure. In fact, I, I, it's it's quite surprising to me that uh, Christopher Meek, the wee laddie who used to <laughs> run through, cut through my gear and try and get to the forest, um, is sitting on my couch and we're having this kind of discussion. So it's a, it's a, a pure joy to me. Oh, good. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for the You too, sir.